Hey guys, I'm Jesse Green. My husband Parker and I moved to California to start a new kind of church called Salt Churches. We're so passionate about helping people really follow Jesus and live fully alive. You know, without going to Bible college, I've learned that you can transform society by simply following Jesus, by reading the Word, and being filled with God's Spirit. This podcast is part of a new series called Reading the Bible with Jesse. That's me. (laughs) So each week we'll go through the Bible chapter by chapter, and I just want us to discover together what God is trying to say to us in just our normal, everyday lives. I believe this will change your life. This is the SALT Podcast. I am so excited for this podcast. I like barely could contain myself. If you've been following along on the Reading the Bible with Jesse series, we've been going through Romans. Um, I really would suggest if you have not gone through chapters one and three, just turn those on in your car or on the subway or while you're going to work or watching your kids or whatever it may be. But definitely go and listen to those podcasts before because I really believe Romans 1 through 3 builds the framework of what we're going to talk about today. Um, And I'm just so excited because, honestly, this chapter really wrecked me in a lot of ways. And uh, I've just been really excited to share it. So you can either open your Bibles or you can just listen along. But I'm going to go through Romans 4 today. And then just break down some things that are in there. And I'm just really excited. Okay, so Romans 4. It starts in, I'm reading from the NIV. So you can read from the NIV, from the message, from the NLT, for King, from King James, whatever you kind of prefer. So Romans 4, 1. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, so I just want to stop right there really quick and just say that Just simply, Abraham just believed God. And so Abraham is made righteous, not because of anything that he had done, but simply because he believed God. He believed what God said. And so I think a lot of us are trying to be good Christians, and yet we're not being transformed by the Word of God, by what He said. We don't read the Word, and so we don't even know what the promises for our lives are. And then many of us even struggle to hear God's voice for our own lives, and so it's hard to even believe Him. And so actually, if you ever want me to do a podcast just about simply hearing God's voice, just send me a DM on Instagram. Um, It's at jessi, J-E-S-S-I dot green, like the color. And just shoot me a DM because I would love to do that if you do struggle with hearing from God. But yeah, let's continue. So it says, Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Okay, so I think that this is a really hard revelation. It says, basically, when people work, their wages are not a gift, 
but it's something that they've earned. And I think that's like just such a good example of what, like how we need to look at things. Because for example, if you work all day and someone pays you, like that's not a gift, you earned that money. And so the person's obligated to pay you for that. But verse five says, whoever to the one who does not work, but trust God who justifies ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. And so I just think that that's so cool because people are counted righteous, not because of their work, but because of simply having faith in God who forgives sinners. And so it's not by us earning that forgiveness, but simply believing that he's forgiven us through his son, Jesus. And so we see that David really gets to experience this joy because his disobedience is forgiven. And so when David rebelled against God, that disobedience can be forgiven when your transgressions are forgiven from God. That's amazing. And so blessed means to be well off. And so well off are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Verse 9 says, Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We've been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 10, under what circumcision was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then... He is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are credited circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. And so I think that this is really important because Paul right now is speaking to the Jewish community. And they've been bound by laws, and circumcision was a sign that you are a follower of God. And right now, what he's breaking down is saying that circumcision was a sign of faith, and it's something that we do from faith, not for it. And I just want to kind of break this down for us as maybe modern-day Christians, that the things that we do come from faith, not for faith, meaning that if you serve on Sunday at your church, or let's say you feed the poor. You're not doing that from a place to earn something from God, but it's from an overflow of what you believe that He's already credited to you. So everything comes from this place of thankfulness and overflow versus a a place of like striving and earning and trying to prove something to God. And so I think it's really cool how Paul kind of breaks that down for us. And he's saying that this, this promise is for people that have been circumcised and also not circumcised. Verse 13 says, It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, 
but through the righteousness that comes by faith. And so again, that promise for Abraham, that promise is from a right relationship with God that comes from faith. And so righteousness is having a total justification. It's actually a word that I'm going to butcher right now, but the word is dikai soon, which is Greek. And it's the quality of being right or just, right relationship with God only through Jesus. And so the man who trusts in Christ actually becomes the righteousness of God in him. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 kind of breaks that down. But it's in Christ that we truly become all that God requires us to be as humans. And so this is just literally impossible without Christ. And so verse 14 says, For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16 says, Therefore the promise comes by faith. And so for you listening today, I just want to tell you that any of the promises that God's given you, any of the promises that you see in scripture over your own life, anything that you see that um, is connected to your calling, your identity, your purpose, those promises come by being believing God, by being convinced by God and not by working hard to get it. I see so many preachers that want platforms and they're trying to position themselves in the right way. And the truth is, is that those promises come from believing God. They come from trusting in Him. And it doesn't mean that it's void of doing any work. Like, heck no, Parker and I have to do so much stuff for salt and for church planting stuff and things that God has told us to do, but it's not from a place of earning something from God, but from a place of we know what he's called us to do and he's He's given us empowerment to do it. And so um, verse 16 says, therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, which means that this promise, these, this faith is available to every single person. He is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls being things that were not. Okay, this is just so cool. And I just want to take a moment just to talk about this really quick. I just think it's so cool that we're seeing here that literally, if God has promised you something, you can literally believe it because it's saying that, This is the God who brings life in dead situations and calls into being things that we're not, which means that he can truly make anything possible. There's nothing impossible with him. And so if you're looking at your situation in your life and it seems like dead or impossible, here he's literally saying, you just have to believe the God who literally can make things out of nothing, which is so cool. And so verse 18 says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. 
Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. So again, we see in verse 18 and 19, just a recognition of sometimes your situation or your circumstance seems dead, seems impossible. And this is not the time to deconstruct your faith. This is not your the time to not trust God, but it's a time to believe and believe in what God has said. Speak the promises over your life. I constantly write down the things that I have heard God say to me, and I try to remind myself what God has promised me. Verse 20 says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Okay, so I really want want to talk about that for a second in verse 21. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I'm going to read that one more time. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is so important because we have a right relationship with God through faith. And that Greek word faith is actually a word called pistis, which means a firm persuasion. So it's a conviction based on hearing, meaning that you heard God say something and you're fully convicted of it. So you have trust. And this is the actual content of having belief. It's an assurance. It's actually, it says it's a ground that you can stand on. And so the question today is, is what do you actually believe? Like, what do you believe about life? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about humanity? What do you believe about his word, about his promises, about the world around you? Because this firm conviction, this firm faith, this firm persuasion by God produces a full acknowledgement of a revelation from God. And so John 1, 12 talks about a personal surrender to him. And I believe that we can surrender everything to God as we are fully convinced of what God has promised us by meditating on his word, by spending time in his presence, by hearing his voice, by being around other believers that encourage us and spur us on. And so when you have faith, you're actually persuading your mind that something is more true than maybe the reality you're facing. So you can't actually live the life that you were created for until you change your mind. And so I just encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Thessalonians 2.13, because Mark 16.16 16 says, He that believes is saved. And faith comes from hearing the word, which we're going to read later in Romans. And so the real question is, is what are you actually putting your trust in? What are you actually putting your faith in? And so we see in verse 22 in Romans 4, it says, This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Christ our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. And so literally we get credit 
in heaven, God counts us as righteous by simply putting our faith in Jesus. And so we actually have the empowerment to do the things that He's calling us to do by trusting Him, by putting our faith in Him, and by doing things that help our mind to be transformed into the Word and promises of God. And I just think that is so encouraging. And so I'm really excited for us to go into Romans 5 next week. Um, The next few chapters really will just build and stir up your faith in just huge ways. And so I'm really, really excited. Um, And so, yeah, make sure to message me on Instagram or Facebook and leave a comment on the podcast. I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking, processing what God's showing you. And thanks for joining along and reading the Bible with me. And so, God, I just thank you for every person listening right now. And I would pray that you would increase their faith. Um, Your word says that every single one of us is given a measure of faith. And so I ask that you help them to deposit that faith into things that grows it and not diminishes it. And I just pray that you give them an increase of your love and a revelation of who you are so much so that they can step into all of the promises that you have for them. And surround them with people that can encourage them in the promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you feel inspired, encouraged, and empowered to change the world for the name of Jesus. Make sure to tune in and listen to our other podcasts and download our app, Salt Churches, found on iTunes. We hope to see you and hear from you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.